Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good day, my bed crimers. I hope you guys are all doing really well. To anyone new, a very warm welcome. Thank you for checking me out. If after listening to this video or watching it, you find you enjoyed it or learned something, please do me a favor, hit the like button. It really helps me so much. And also consider subscribing. Now let's get started. Fox News Digital is reporting that despite suspect Brian Koberger, who is accused of the crime against Ethan Chapin, Zana Kernodal, Kaylee Gonzalez, and Maddie Mogan, waiving his right to a speedy probable cause hearing, the prosecutors in Idaho can still undercut the defense's maneuver for this extra six months of preparation time. The prosecutors could do this by seeking a grand jury indictment, which would also keep the two surviving roommates, Dylan M. and Bethany F., from having to sit in court near Koberger, and it would prevent them from facing cross-examination during the preliminary hearing. Idaho lawyer Edwina Elcox, who apparently represented cult mom Lori Vallow at one point, said this to Fox News Digital. The defense attorneys, they're not entitled to notice that it's happening. They're not entitled to be there, not entitled to present any evidence or cross-examine any of the state's witnesses, end quote. Per Fox Digital, surviving roommate Dylan M., who told the police she saw a masked man walking out of the house's back door that night, would still have to testify before the grand jury, but she wouldn't have to face questioning from Brian Koberger's defense attorney, Ann Taylor. Currently, because Koberger waived his rights to a speedy probable cause hearing, the hearing is scheduled for June. And during that hearing, Dylan M. will likely have to testify in the courtroom with Koberger sitting nearby and be questioned by Taylor. L. Cox also weighed in on the death penalty for this case, saying, and I quote, if prosecutors do intend to seek the death penalty, they'll have to inform the court within 60 days of Koberger's initial plea, which is expected at his arraignment. Once either the preliminary hearing or indictment sends his case from the magistrate to district court, end quote. And Elcox is pretty sure the prosecution will seek the death penalty. She stated this, there isn't much more of a case that could have much more aggravated, underlined circumstances than this, and then you times it by the tragic killing of four, end quote. In this same article, it says that even without an insanity defense, which is prohibited in Idaho, Koberger's mental state could still come into play in court. Elcox explained it like this, the insanity defense, it was abolished, and so there's nothing on the books or the statutes that allows for what other states have as an affirmative insanity defense. However, the laws do not prevent a defense from introducing expert evidence on the defendant's state of mind. That came into play in the 1992 Idaho Supreme Court case, State v. Wynn, when a mother accused of poisoning her nine-year-old son 
claimed a demon told her to do it. End quote. Elcox went on to say that if the defense does plan to bring up Koberger's mental state, they will have to notify the prosecutors in advance, and then both sides would secure experts to examine Koberger. A Boise-based criminal defense attorney also weighed in saying this, and I quote, separately mental illness must also be considered during sentencing if mental illness proves to be a significant factor in the case. Defendants with an IQ of less than 70 are ineligible for the death penalty in Idaho. I don't think that's going to be a problem with Brian Koberger because I'm pretty sure his IQ is above 70. Note that when Latah County Magistrate Judge Megan Marshall read Koberger's charges in court after his extradition from Pennsylvania earlier this month, she asked four times if he understood that he could face the death penalty, and he replied yes every time. That same Boise-based criminal defense attorney I quoted earlier, a Mr. Baldoff, also weighed in, saying this, and I quote, But to secure such a sentence— Prosecutors will have to first secure a conviction on one of the first-degree murder charges and then prove beyond a reasonable doubt at least one aggravating circumstance, end quote. Two examples of such an aggravating circumstance relative to the student slayings that prosecutors could show include that the defendant committed another red rum at the time the red rum was committed in Idaho, or that the defendant knowingly created a great risk of death to many persons. And in that case, the jurors would then have to agree unanimously to impose the death penalty. And at that point, the defense could present mitigating factors in an attempt to convince jurors that this severe penalty would be unjust, and they could include a potential mental illness argument for that. Note that some of the victims' families have stated that they support this most severe punishment if Koberger is found guilty. Kaylee Gonsalves' family are among those who want Koberger to get this penalty if he is convicted. Kaylee's father, Steve, told Ashley Banfield of News Nation this, We will forgive this individual, and we will, but he has to pay for what he's done. And it's not just our daughter. It's all the victims he needs to pay justice to. End quote. When Banfield asked Mr. Gonzalez, what would appropriate justice look like to you? He said this, for me, it's going to look a lot like an end, end quote. Gonsalves made it clear that sitting in prison, being able to read books and get schooling and education and receiving three meals a day would not cut it in his mind. He said, and I quote, justice is when you leave the planet and the whole world is able to rejoice and be glad that you're not there. End quote. I agree with Mr. Gonzalez, but the one thing I disagree with is I don't think the whole world would be rejoicing 
if Koberger got that sentence. I do believe that Brian Koberger's family would be very upset about that because he still happens to be their loved one. And while a lot of people do not have any empathy for them, I do right now because we don't know what they knew. And I doubt they thought their son was capable of a crime of this gravity, of this nature and violence. Back to the Fox News article, it also stated that the investigators have other evidence that has not yet been made public, including whatever may have been found during the execution of more search warrants in Pennsylvania. Wouldn't we love to know what that other evidence is? Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Hey, do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, leave me a comment, let me know what you think, and I'll see you next time.